Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and welcome back to my series on borrowing money, what you need to know. Now, in episode one, we chatted about lifestyle, we chatted about positive and negative debt, and why it's really important to learn how to understand exactly what debt is and how you can use it to your advantage. Now, in episode two, we chatted about the rules for borrowing money for your investments, and that there are three areas that everyone needs to consider, one of those being risk, number two, capacity, and number three, reward. And we finished episode two with investigating the different aspects of the loan that may increase your risk. So let's get into episode three. Now, would it surprise you to know that many people are afraid to borrow money as they perceive it as a burden and it stresses them out just thinking about the debt they owe? Many a time when I'm presenting to investors and traders, I I often ask, who's using leverage, or in other words, borrowing to invest? And every time, the resounding answer that I get is at least 95% of people don't use leverage for investments. Now, this may be a lag-on effect from our grandparents going through the Great Depression. However, times have changed, and we really do well, we must change with them. And as we discussed in part one, there's a vast difference between positive and negative debt. Now, whilst people are happy to take on negative debt in credit cards and the like, the majority fear positive debt, yet this is one of the greatest tools that you can use today to create financial freedom for yourself and for your family. So it's surprising to me that people actually don't use it very much. Now, to me, that the trick is to constantly look to grow the gap between what you owe and what you own. Now, meaning the value of your assets far exceed the loans you actually have. And in doing so, if something goes wrong, you can always sell your assets and pay off your loans and have money to spare. And this is in this sort of situation, your risk level is very, very, very low or zero. Now, this is also the very reason why it's wise to purchase growth assets that produce income that we talked about in earlier podcasts. Now, using those positive borrowings, so you're using the income to help you pay for the borrowings plus uh, tax deductions and a few other things. Now, rather than purchasing goods with a negative borrowing, so, you know, borrowing for buying a boat or a bike or, a, you know, you know, holiday, those sorts of things. Yes, they're fun and, and they add to your lifestyle, but they put you further and further behind the eight ball when it comes to creating financial security for yourself. Now... For example, if I said to you you had $1 million of borrowings, how would that make you feel right now? You had $1 million worth of borrowings. Now think about how you'd feel if you owned $10 million worth of property and shares and only owed $1 million on that. So you have $9 million clear equity. So you owe still owe $1 million, but you've got $10 million worth of assets. Now, here you're in a very, very good financial position. And the point here is not the total amount you owe. It's the total amount you own compared to what you owe. That's really, really important. It doesn't matter if you've got $10 million in loans, if you've got $100 million in assets, does it, really? Now, always own far more than you owe, and you'll have very, very low risk. Many times I've met couples who are 45 plus and are still paying off their family home 
before they look to start investing. Now, in their minds, they're not willing to risk losing the family home by using leverage as, or using the home as security to invest. Now, this thinking shows that couples like this have very little understanding how positive lending works and the real risks associated with it. Borrowing is really nothing to fear. What is fearful is a lack of knowledge and poor thinking. The challenge for people waiting to pay off the family home before investing is that they will run out of time to accumulate enough investments for a comfortable retirement. So in essence, they get the exact opposite of what they really want. They don't leverage or they don't use their family home to leverage because they're fearing their security is getting challenged. What I'm, and so therefore by not doing it, they get less security when, they get, when they're retired. That's what I mean by that. Now, it really does pay to be a little adventurous and ambitious in building your wealth, especially in your early years, as it means you will take less risks later on in life. Now, I've lost count of the times that I've seen people in their 50s or later taking on really high risk in, a call, in order to accumulate enough assets in order to retire comfortably. Now, often this risk-taking is done with very little knowledge, and so risk is amplified at times. And so we see people lose everything simply because they fail to invest earlier and use positive borrowing for their advantage. Now, there's an old saying, if you do nothing, then nothing happens. And so nothing ventured, nothing gained. Now, to avoid the mad rush after 50 to accumulate assets and income for retirement, you can simply use a redraw facility on your housing loan to purchase high-quality blue-chip shares, nothing high-risk, and you don't even need to borrow a lot. You can start with smaller amounts, and as you gain profits, you can increase your portfolio and your borrowings. Now, I suggest everything from your portfolio should be reinvested until you grow the gap between what you owe and what you own gets to 50%. For example, if you borrow $20,000 from your mortgage and place that into really good blue-chip shares, then you would maintain that borrowing level until your portfolio value reached $40,000. So you owe $20,000 and you own $40,000. Now, you can add cash to your portfolio along the period as well as uh, put all your dividends back in. And as you buy and sell shares, you would also compound the resulting gain. So you just keep compounding that. Now, once you've got that 50% loan to asset ratio or what you borrow to what you own, as your share portfolio grows, you can also access more borrowed funds to maintain the 50% ratio and grow your portfolio much faster than you can with just cash only. So once you get to that 50-50 level, if let's say your asset base gets to 60%, you just borrow some more money off your house to put it back to 50%. So you're growing that share portfolio exponentially then, and you keep borrowing and using the dividends. If you're getting dividends on on the whole $40,000, you're getting roughly um, on the Australian market about 3.5-ish percent, sometimes 4%. Your housing loans are at 4%, 5%, 6%, but that's only on half the amount. So your dividends would be paying off the interest on your housing loan. Get the picture? So in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, I talk about these types of borrowing and also explaining... I actually explain margin lending and how to build your portfolio through positive borrowing. Now, if you'd like to get a copy of my book, you can get one straight from our website, wealthwithin.com.au, and you can also get it as part of our investment pack, where for a small fee, you can get a big education that will reap rewards for you year in and year out. Now, again, this is available to purchase on our website. Just go to the shop. Uh, the bookshop, uh, the bookstop, uh, you'll see uh, investment pack there. So another safe and, and 
uh, I may say, a far more popular method for using your home equity is to borrow funds in order to purchase an investment property. Uh, as property prices rise, you build up more equity and widen the gap between what you owe and what you own, which is really the goal, isn't it, what we talked about. Remember, as this occurs, your risk diminishes, and as does, uh, as it does, you can repeat the process of borrowing to fund another investment property or, as I just suggested, run a share portfolio. And in doing so, you can build your nest egg for your retirement. Now, in this situation, your home is or should only be partially exposed to the bank. So security and the, and the majority of all of that security provided for the loan shouldn't, should actually be on the investment property itself and not on your own home. Now, a good mortgage broker is really essential here. The banks will want to take a mortgage over both, the full mortgage over your home and the investment property. They want to try to get as much security as they can. Your job is to give them as little as you can. Uh, and a good mortgage broker here is essential to ensure you structure your loans correctly and you've got the right type of loan for you. This can save you thousands if you get the right type of loan and also help you be a bit more flexible if you need, if you want to, if your plan is to buy multiple investment properties over, let's say, 10 years or more. You need to have the end goal in sight and work with the broker that way. If your broker is not up to it, find another one. Uh, I mean, a mortgage broker, find another one. So the aim here is to give the bank, as I said, as little or no access to your personal home as the security, as this represents the lowest risk to you. Now, banks don't foreclose on your houses. So even if you give, you know, they generally don't. If they've got an investment property and you know a bit of security on your personal home, they'll sell the investment property and generally that will pay the loan out. So they generally don't like to get out of people's home or get people out of their own homes. So, um, but as I said, a good mortgage broker here is really, really essential. So thanks for listening to part three of this series. So stay tuned for part four. And as always, for more information about Wealth Within, our products and services, please visit our website, wealthwithin.com.au. Or give us a call on 1300 858 272. I'm Doug Hill, I'm the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.